I'd like to talk about our Father God today. But no matter what we say, we could never, ever harness the power of who he is and the glory of what he is to us. I was thinking about this all week, thinking about my father, thinking about Father God. And, you know, I think that God uh, caused these things to be on our calendar. Because not only do we need to say thanks to our fathers and to our mothers and remember them on occasion, but also I am reminded of our Father God. And as I searched the scriptures, I found our Father, our Father, your Father, my Father, all these things that were pointing to the fathers and to think that we have earthly fathers and we have uh, heavenly fathers. And sometimes our earthly fathers fail us, but God never fails us. And uh, I was thinking about this, and I thought, this is on the calendar, on on the calendars that you have before you, and it says Father's Day. And I just thought, Christians are going, oh, yes, I remember, Father, this is your day. And I'm thinking about the whole world today is talking about fathers, you know, and do they remember the Heavenly Father that was is the one who gave us life and the one who cares for us. And we are his children, and he takes care of us. Amen. And he's never failed me in all the struggles of my life. He's always been there. He's always brought me through, and I've always saw the sunshine at the end of the trial. I didn't like the trial, but I saw the sun in the distance, and I said, he'll be there. And uh, so I'm just thinking about it today that the whole world is talking about fathers, but do they know the, the true and mighty father that never fails them? So it's wonderful to do that. But, of course, as as a saints of God, as believers of God, you know, we're to be as powerful as we can for the kingdom. And uh, so I want us to just give thanks for our Heavenly Father, which every one of you have done that this morning. So as we continue to explore God's perfectness, I mean, how could we ever explore it any other way but through our Heavenly Father? And now he lives in us. So those hurts and disappointments and anything that might have happened in our past, the perfectness of a father lives in us. And uh, so today, as every time I say Happy Father's Day to somebody, I also am thinking about Father God who has given me life. And I'm thankful for my life. And I'm thankful for what he's done in my struggles because our struggles make us strong. We don't like that, but that's the way it is. So today we're going to continue to explore God's perfectness that lives in us. And as he calls us to be perfect, he calls us to follow after him. And as long as we're following after him and seeking him and searching for him, we'll have this perfectness in us because he is perfect. You know, and uh, so the next time somebody says, nobody's perfect, you just say, well, wait a minute, there's somebody perfect and he lives in me. So they might scoff you a little, especially if they're not a believer, but it's all right. That's a witness, isn't it? So I want to begin with Second Samuel 22, and I want to encourage you 
as, uh, to read the bulletin this week, maybe in your devotions, read the scriptures that I, I pulled out for you because it will, uh, it will strengthen your faith in who you are as a child of the living God. And, uh, I, I just feel those scriptures were revelatory to me, you know, and I just want them to get deep into your heart and your spirit and, and, uh, and help you to be a stronger Christian. So I'm encouraging you to just, you know, put the, I used to say put your bulletin by the phone, but you couldn't do that. <laughs> you would be stuffing them in your pocket, but, uh, put them somewhere where you know them and just kind of have a devotion, just read through it and, and wonder what it is that Father God wants for you to hear and wants to strengthen you in your Christian walk. Second Samuel 22, 32 and 33. It says, for who is God, save the Lord, and who is a rock, save our God. God is my strength and my power, and he maketh my way perfect. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't that powerful? He, he, he's our Lord. He's our Savior. He's our rock. I mean, you know, he's not anything simple and crumbling, but he is the foundation beneath us, and he is a rock. And he's our strength and he's our power and he makes our way perfect. Sometimes I don't look at my way as being perfect. But I've lived long enough to see the end with perfection. I've lived long enough to see that he brought me through those struggles, those heartaches, those things. When I thought that it was the end of the world, he brought me through. And today I can say of a surety that he is my rock and he is my power and he gave me the victory. I didn't know I had it. I didn't know I could get through it, but I got through it because unbeknownst to me, the perfectness of God lived in me and brought me through. I like to go around, you know, or, and take a, take a, you know, get, get out from Nisa, but he took us through. He took us right through the center. He's still taking us through and he's perfecting us. To his glory. So let us ask the Lord to refresh our thoughts today of the fatherhood of God in, in our life. He stands at the door in Revelation and he knocks. And he, he's really not, he's knocking for every mankind, but he's knocking that we would open the door or we would open ourselves up to him and let him come in. And just as we would sit with a friend and have a coffee, sit with him and bask in his presence. You know, we don't do that. We're in a busy society. We don't have time to do it, but we need to do it. We need to just, when our feet hit the ground in the morning, we just need to sit there for a moment and worship him and honor him and, and say, come in, Lord Jesus, be in my day, guide me through this day, and, and let me feel your presence. We need to feel his presence, church. But sometimes it's just Sunday to Sunday. We come in the house and then we feel his presence. But he wants to dwell in us on a daily basis. And if he will, if we will open the door to him daily, let him come in, he will refresh us. And we won't see our trials as bad as they are because he will give us victory over them and see us through them. So he stands at the door and he knocks. And I want to ask the church this and I ask myself this. Am I hearing him? Do I hear the knock? Do I hear it and do I respond and then do I sit quiet for a moment to hear what he has to say to me? Because church, God is speaking every day in our to our lives if we only heard his voice. He's always there. That's how we got through the day. 
because he was guiding us and leading us and keeping us on the narrow path and we got through the day. So in Jesus' prayer of John uh, 17, they say the Lord's Prayer is his prayer, but the Lord's Prayer is what he taught his disciples to pray. But his prayer is in John 17, and it's about us. And this is uh, before he faced Calvary and all the heartaches, and Sunday school was so powerful today to remind us of the suffering and that, that he wants us to watch and he wants us to pray. If there is ever a day that Jesus has appointed us to watch and pray and, and lead not ourselves into temptation, it is this day and this hour. Hour, this is the day that we need to be so alert to what it is that God wants to say to us. So in the prayer in John 17, 22, about in that place, it says the glory. This is Jesus prayer. And think of the selflessness that's in this prayer. And he says the glory which thou hast given me, he's speaking to his father. And he says the Lord, the glory that you gave me, I have given them. I mean, when is the last time that we had that thought that the power and the glory that God gave to his son, his son now gives it back to him for us. We have glory in our life. Do we feel that glory? Do we feel the glory of his presence? Do we feel that? He says, the glory that you gave me, Father, I have given them that they may be one. I think probably every one of you. Uh, beloveds can quote this scripture, can know what the scripture is going to say, but it needs to sink into our spirit today because we need to come to that place where we will be one with him. We are one with, uh, you know, everything that goes on in the world, but we need to be one with the Father to have that perfectness in us. And so he says that 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 they may be one even as we are one. Can you even take that in that uh, God and a Savior, as high as they are, there's none higher than them. They want to give what they have of us. They want to give it to us. And church, for years, Christians have sort of lived sorrowfully. They've sort of lived like, well, okay, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I can't do that. You know, oh, I wish I could do that, but, you know, I can't do that. Oh, God, forgive me, I did that. You know, we've lived in that sphere But today we live in the power and the presence of God. And when we make an error, we know it because the Holy Spirit says, hey, wait, you did this. And then we immediately we come to that place and we open the door and we say, God, come in and forgive me and make me whole. Make me perfect like you and work in my life. Church, we have got we have got the greatest opportunity. Sunday school has been all about opportunities. We have the greatest opportunity today just to smile at someone and say good morning. And the presence of the Lord, the breath of God comes out and they and, and they don't even know what hit them. Because there's a presence of God in us. And we need to know that presence is there. And when you get ready to go into the supermarket, pray before you go in. Say, give me opportunities, O Lord. Let me have the countenance of you. Let there be an aura of the power and the anointing of your spirit about me. Because you live in me. So he says, Jesus is talking to his father. And he says, you know, the glory that you gave me, I want them to have it. I want us to be one. I want us to be strong and powerful as one in you, O Father. Then he says, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one. That's Jesus' prayer for us, that we would be perfect in him and the Father. I think that that hasn't been preached to the church for a while. 
the church of Jesus Christ. Because we don't always look like we belong one in him. We don't always act like it. We don't always have the attitude like it. We don't always recognize that we are wholly set apart by all living God, our Father. So I'm encouraging you. I'm trying to refresh myself. I want us to be fresh, fresh in God. I want us to have a whole new aspect of who he is. Here's the door. Swing it open and say, come in, Lord Jesus, and sit down with me and talk to me and change me. Transform me from where I am to something more glorious because you live in me and you want to live in me. And he says that the world may know that thou hast sent me and has loved them as thou hast loved me. How, how, how does the father love the son? How does God Almighty love his son? There's nothing more important to Father God than his beloved son, his only begotten son. And yet, Jesus, the loved one, says, Lord, here I bring these these children to you, and I want them to be one as we are one. I want them to have that glory that you have. You know, we don't recognize that we have any glory. We don't have glory to be important. We have glory to be a servant of the living God. And as Jesus experienced one with his father, his great desire was is that we would experience that same thing with his father. And so we're given that opportunity to do that. And we need to identify with him as our father. Let those things go. This one thing I do, I put those things behind me and I move forward because I am the righteousness of God in Christ. That's who I am. I wasn't too good righteous yesterday, but he forgave me and he instructed me in the ways of righteousness. And I want to be glorified as my father in heaven. God's new commandment to the son is to the church is Christ. His new commandment, Old Testament, they failed miserably. They were humiliated. They had all kinds of cares and trusts. And I've talked about that till I'm blue in the face. But I have to keep reminding myself that what Jesus delivered us from is far greater than anything we could ever expect to have. So today... God's new covenant is with his son, and he has a bond. There is a bond of covenant with us. I don't know if you understand the totality of bond. When somebody says a bond to me, I think they're bonding him out of prison. Well, that's really what God did. He paid the, he paid the fare for us to get out of prison, for us to get out of incarceration, for us to get out of our sin and iniquities. He paid the price. And so he bonded us, and we're bonded. And what does bonded mean? Well, the reason they give a bond when they get out of prison, they take a bond because they get to be free till their trial. Well, that's to prove that they will remain faithful, that they'll stay, and that they'll do what they're supposed to do. So when he gives us a bond of a covenant, he, he, he secures us, and he depends on us to be a follower, a faithful follower, a godly follower, a righteous follower, a follower of himself. And the bond is to be secure, it's to be strong, it's like cemented, it's like sure. And if you, don't, if you come out of prison and you have a bond and you break it, you're in serious trouble. And with us, we have a bond and we're secure and we're cemented in Christ because he never leaves us. Even when we transgress, 
Even when we fall back a little bit, even when we do things that are just not righteous and we know it, but we do it anyhow because it feels good because our flesh likes to be uh, liberated sometimes. I get an amen. So we're secure. Nothing can happen to us once we come to Christ except what we do because Jesus already paid the price. And he already said, Father, I want them to have the same thing that you give me. Think about that. Jesus wanted to give everything that he had in us back to the Father. It's just good to refresh ourselves and how much our Father God loves us and how much he He paid for us and how much we are bonded in him and let us not turn back, let us not turn aside, let us not give in to the things of the flesh. Our father will never turn back on us. Fleshly fathers might, fleshly friends might, but our father in heaven will never turn his back on us. We have his promise and we know that to be true because how many times have we failed and how many times have we gone to him and how many times has he restored us? Thank you, Jesus. So we have a bond of perfectness in us. Will we keep it? Will we act upon it? Will we live it? Will we be the righteousness of God in Christ that he calls us to be? Our God is a God of hope. Second Thessalonians 2.16 Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father. I love this. Our Father, my Father, your Father. When is the last time that you just fell down before God and said, oh, you are my father, our our father, help me. Even today, we're going to sing our father, which art in heaven. We're going to sing that song, but we're singing to our father. We're singing to who we are in Christ. It's important, church, and it's all through the scriptures. Our God, my God, your God, Jesus God, and he is the same God to us. So the scripture says, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through Christ. If you can get all of this in and wrap your mind around it, it's powerful. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Consolation means comfort after suffering. So when he becomes our consolation, how many have... Just you don't have to raise your hand, but we've all had some suffering. But he's our consolation. He's the peace that passes all understanding that you stand at the graveside of a loved one. And there's a powerful Holy Ghost smile on your face. And people think, well, they don't even care because, look, you know, it's the consolation of God, the peace that passes all understanding. Church, we have that. And if we will grasp it and take it in, he can give us peace in every crisis of our life. And our dependence is on him. It's not on other flesh. Our dependence is upon God. And so that is powerful scripture. Just mark that and read it the next time the enemy comes and attacks you. Because it says, God, even our father. You know, we think about, people think about God as the Old Testament thought that Abraham was their God. Abraham was their father. They called, everything was about Father Abraham. 
you know, and but this this day, this generation, it is Father God. It is the great I am who is there is no power greater than him. Our God is a God of provision. He is a God of hope. There is hope in him. He provides in Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I think everyone can quote this. Now unto God our Father. I've read that scripture. I've quoted that scripture my whole life. That that God is my provision and my supply. And all of a sudden I thought, when did they write that? Now unto God our Father be glory forever and ever. And all of the crisis of the need for provision and the power of his scripture and his riches and glory. I've said that over and over and over. But now unto God our Father. We have to take it in that our Father God is the most important entity in our life. And he will see us through. He'll provide. He'll give us good hope. He'll give us peace. He'll give us comfort. Now, I know I'm talking to the church, and I know you know these things, but sometimes we have to be refreshed in these things, and we have to take them in because we go through other trials and tribulations, and finally we get out of them that we're still a little little depleted from those trials. And we now have to remember that we have a Father in heaven that is more powerful than any uh, works of darkness that the enemy can bring. I especially love this uh, scripture that says in Second Thessalonians two sixteen and seventeen it says uh, God will comfort our heart and establish us in every good word and work. Word and work. God wants to establish us in the power of His word. What could establish us any more than His word and the promises that He gives to us? And then what work does He want us to do? What work, wherever we go, we are working for the cause of the kingdom. You know, we may be a preacher, we may be a testifier, we may be, be a, a track giver out, you know, the word of God. Whatever it is that we do, we got to be at work for the kingdom of God. Work in our family, especially work in the lives of the people that were around. Show forth the power and the glory of God in our life. You have to be so careful because when you start to come into a critical situation, you know, the critical situation cannot cut in you. Your peace has to get into the critical situation. So it's so easy to get into the disagreement and those kinds of things when if you remember who God is and the glory of his power and that he ha- He is perfectness in you, he will help you to get through that trial and show forth his glory and not become like the person that you're with. Our God is a God of hope. He's a God of provision. There's, there's no time today to tell you all that he is the God of and all of the power that he can do in your life because it would just go on and we'd be here till next Sunday. Because God is so awesome. He is so, so awesome. First Thessalonians 3, 11 and 12. Listen to this passage of scripture. When you start to think about God as your father and the power of who he is living in you and the perfectness that he is in you, then you start seeing different things in scripture. It says, now God himself, our father. I love it. I, I just, when I see our father, I, I feel drawn. I'm a part of that. I'm... All that God is, we are a part of. And we want it to be the best that we can be. He says, now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our path. It says, and the Lord make you to increase. The Lord make you to increase. 
and to abound in love one toward another and toward all men. Now, I know that we abound in love one toward another here because I sense it and I feel it. But there are those that we don't probably abound in love like we should. You know, there are those that we have a tendency to criticize in those things because they don't do what we do or whatever. But listen to the scripture. It says, the Lord make you to increase, you know, and abound in love toward one another and toward all men, not just to the saints. It's easy to abound in love here. But when you get into a crisis or situation with an unbeliever, now you have to abound in love. And it's hard to do that, especially if it's your family and they're not serving God. And I just want to get on their case and pound it into their head, you know, but we cannot do that. We have to we have to have sincere love toward them that we understand where they are and they're not knowledgeable to the kind of love that we have. So if we don't show that love to them, they will never know that love. And so that that really convicted me as that that came in as I read this. And it says, you know, now God himself, our father, he's more than just God. He's more than just the guy that sits at the top and tells us when we don't do good. He is God, our father. You know, if you can go to him with whatever crisis in your life and you can depend upon him that he will give you hope, that he will give you peace and that he will supply the need that you have. Sometimes I always prayed that because I needed food for my family, but he'll supply the, the needs that you have in your life emotionally, financially, whatever need it is that you have in your life, he will supply it. But will we do it? Will we take it up? Will we allow that supply to come into our life? You know, when I'm, when I'm upset, the last thing I want is somebody to say to me, don't be upset. How many know what I'm talking about? You know, but may the, power of God be so involved in us that we can see that error of our way before we get too deep into it and before we can make a turnaround and show forth the love of God that they might be affected by our kindness and our peace and our love and our and you know what we showed to them that is constant and is of God it's so important church this is the day and the hour when people are so wicked to each other, they run in the parking lots, they go ahead of you, they do anything, the enemy will do anything to stir the flesh in us. So the whole purpose of this message today is to say to the church and to myself that God is perfect in us and if we will rely on him, we'll be a better Christian. We'll get through our crisis better. So it says... Uh, my God shall supply all your need, not just uh, the food, but he'll supply all of your need, the emotional things that you have need of. The, he'll, he'll supply the attitude of forgiveness that maybe something is harbored in your heart for years, just back there in the corner somewhere, and just somebody push a button and it just f- spills out. But he'll supply all of your need. He'll take the hurt. He'll take the disappointment. He'll take the loss. He'll take whatever it is that troubles you. And when you call upon him, he'll bring healing and help and peace to your life. First Thessalonians, I love it. Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ will direct your way. That's the word of the Lord to the church today. And the Lord will make you to increase. Wealthy? No. He'll make you to increase in your spiritual life. 
He'll make you to increase in his word. He'll make you to be a better individual. He'll take out the lust and he'll give you the power and the glory of holiness in us. And he'll direct us if we just call on him. When the temptations arises, we just say, God, I don't want to be tempted. Help me direct my way, my father. My father, help me. I love to go in my later life to go to my dad and say, Daddy, could you help me with this? You know, there's nothing greater than a parent, a mother, a father, a a loved one that will help you. That when you need help, they won't just join you and, and fuss about your mate or fuss about your kids, but they'll just join you and start spreading the spirit of love toward you and toward your family, toward your mate, toward your kids. And then all of a sudden there'll be peace in that situation instead of the crisis building. So he says, the Lord will make you to increase, increase in spiritual things. We need to increase, church, because the enemy has increased against the body of Christ. And he's doing more and more. When he starts to come after our children, we know the time is close. And we got to be so strong and powerful in God that, that there's an aura, a witness of his presence in our life. And the Lord make you to increase in spiritual matters and abound in love. When you start talking to your family and you get done and you start to part, just say, can I pray for you? If they say no, pray anyhow. Yeah. But if they say yes, then don't don't pray a big uh, prayer, a long prayer, a, a, a prayer that will condemn them. Just pray the love of God upon them. Pray the peace of God upon them. Pray the joy of God upon them. And, and, and that, that will convict more than anything else that we can say. The Bible says in that passage of Scripture, 1 Thessalonians 3.13, To the end he may establish your hearts, unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father. See that? And what I see in that, it says that he will establish our hearts unblameable. If we don't depend upon him, if we don't see him as truly our God, our Father, our loved one, you know, we don't want to be blamed that we are an unbeliever in any way. So he says, unblameable in holiness. That means let us not get caught being unholy. Let's work on our lives. Let's be better that we can be and be a better example today. Part of the world's suffering is because Christianity hasn't been the example that it should be. That people have said they are God and they go to church and they're Christian and then they act ugly. And so there is not a, a, a great depth of belief in Christianity today. They used to be respectful to Christianity. Hardly any respect today. We have to bring that respect back by understanding what God requires of us that we can give back that that presence of God to the unbeliever. Then the final part of that scripture says is that our hearts will be unblameable in holiness. We're not blamed for being unholy, but we are holy before God, even our Father, at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ with all the saints. I truly believe that God in these messages is preparing us for his coming. There are foundation these are foundational things that I'm talking to you about today. You know these things. You can probably quote some of these passages of scripture. But God is looking for deeper worship, higher praise, more peace the world cannot see us in an unpeaceable situation. 
Because they're, they're, they're afraid. The world is afraid. That's why they're doing all the glorified things that the flesh does is because there's a fear. There's a fear of God in the earth. And we need to be, we need to, when we come into their presence, they need to not, not swear, not take the Lord's name in vain. They need to feel that aura in us that, oh, I can't say that because, you know, that's glorious. Well, God wants more desire of worship in us, so much more that will listen to his voice, that will open the door, that will hear the knock. I don't think that God is knocking like with a big hammer, a gavel. I think it's just silently knocking, silently knocking to see who will have a voice to hear. Over and over he says, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. It's not a screaming thing, it's just really quiet. It's in this still, small voice, you know, the... People that went out to hear the voice of God and they heard all the loudness. But in the end, it was a still, small voice. And if you will be still long enough, you will hear him knocking and you will hear his voice. And he will speak to us. I want him to speak to us every day. I want to hear his voice. Um, I want to give you one last scripture this morning or maybe two. First Chronicles 29. David blessed the Lord. And I'll just read this to you today because time doesn't permit to, to minister on it. But if you just read it, the word will minister. David uh, stood up in the midst of the congregation before all of the congregation. And he said this. He said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father. I love that. He's going to draw all that congregation into the presence of his Father. He said, Blessed. Be the Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. And, you know, they they probably didn't understand that totally. And in the New Testament, they didn't understand it at all because they worshipped Abraham. But Jesus said, no, no, there's a greater than Abraham that's coming. And uh, my Father in heaven loves you. And, and they go like, how could he say my Father? And they blasphemed against him and they wanted to kill him because... Jesus kept saying, he's my father and your father. And I go to my father and I go to your father. And they're like, whoa, this is not happening. James 2.21 says that Abraham, talking about Abraham, their father. But now I'm still in First Chronicles. says, thine, O Lord, is the greatness. Here's how to pray, church. When you run out of, oh, God, I love you, which is the most important thing to say. But when you want to enlarge your worship, David gives it to us. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, and the victory, and the majesty. I'm reading the scripture. For all that is in heaven and is in earth is thine, thine kingdom. You know, O Lord, thou art exalted and head above all. Just this passage of scripture alone would just wake up your devotions. Because this is who you are. The perfectness of God lives in us. And, and he is all these things. Both riches and honor come of thee. And thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might. And in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. All this is in my Father. All this is in my Father that Jesus is bringing to God for us. Now therefore, our God, I love it. Now, therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. And then David ends his prayer like this. But who am I? But who am I and what is my people that we should 
be able to offer willingly after this sort. Now, if you don't hear anything else today, please hear this because it's a paramount. He says, but who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer willingly after this sort? David is offering all these things. Now he's saying, who am I to offer that? Here's why. Because read the last statement. For all things come of thee and of thine own have we given thee. Do you see what he says? He says, we offer all these things to you, but really they're what you gave us and we're offering them back to you. We have nothing to offer to him. All that we have to offer to him is the salvation that Jesus Christ has given us. And all that we have to offer him is what he's already given us. Because he worships us. He praises us. He loves us. He forgives us. He's almighty God. I have a strengthening feeling in my spirit that God wants to strengthen his people. You know, he wants us to be like the armor of God, that our feet can be those strong feet to go forth in the power of all the wickedness and the debauchery and all the corruptedness that's in our world. And we can stand strong in the power of his might and immunate the power and the presence of our Father. We will sing our Father today. It's not just that we're singing to a high power. It's so much more than a high power. It's the highest. There is none higher. We don't, we don't serve a wimpy God. Why are we wimpy? Why is Christianity wimpy? Why are we not powerful? Why are we not victorious? Why are we not able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we know how? Because he lives in us. He is our father. He's your father. He's Jesus' father. And he speaks and he brings us into the throne room. I love my father. But Jesus brings us right into the throne room where we can bow before our father God and worship him. And I pray that God will help me. I want to be more worshipful. I want to give him more praise. I want the church to feel the power of his presence and to to just feel that unction that, well, excuse me, while I worship him. You know, they the, the there's a song out that says, excuse, excuse me a while while I worship him. And then they just worship, worship, worship. I say, excuse us a minute in the debauchery of this world while we worship our Father who art in heaven, who is more powerful and more victorious than any works of darkness. The next time that button is pushed in you to be critical or to be argumentative or to be those things, just stop a minute and say, Father God, help me. Help me, Jesus. Help me. Here's my final scripture today. In our responsibility, we are to praise, embrace, embrace his greatness. When is the last time that we embrace the greatness of our God? Ephesians 4.13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, 
but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. This is paramount, church, that we begin to grow spiritually. That wherever we are today as a child of God, tomorrow we will be stronger, more powerful, and more understanding that our God is the greatest God of all. How many want to please your heavenly Father? How many want to bring honor to him? The only way we can do that is just have a personal talk with him. Hear the solid, the, the slight knocking. Swing the door open and say, come to me, Lord Jesus, my Father, my God, you know, and work in my life. We got to ask him to work in our life because the flesh is always working, right? The flesh is always working and we need the works of God to be more powerful in our life. So he is our God. He's your God. He's Jesus God. He's our father. He's everything to us, church. Let him be that and you will see the power of increase and spiritual growth in our lives. Father, we thank you. Oh, God, we thank you that you are our Father. Lord, that you never fail us, that you're full of victory, oh, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, upon my people today and upon these people, Lord, the power of your presence. Lord, let us get the door wide open and let us view who you are in us that we might be more powerful for you. We ask this in your holy name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus.